Hello and welcome to Conscious Business. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. I had a request from one of my clients that I do an episode that talks about how I got into coaching. And I'm going to be honest, I get asked this all the time. I think it's because coaching is one of these, um, I don't want to say glamorous careers, but it is a career that is very, very fulfilling. And, you know, let's be honest, it's very lucrative. And it's something that a lot of people are really, really curious about. So I am going to open the kimono today. I'm going to give you the whole story straight up, no glossing over any of the details. And there's going to be a big dose of tough love near the end. So today you're going to get a little bit of a background. We're going to reflect on why I got into coaching, how I got into coaching, and there's going to be a little bit of tough love in there near the end for you and also some good tips along the way. So whether you're thinking about coaching or not, or you know someone who is, or you're just, you know, kind of curious about how the heck we all got here today, you're going to enjoy this episode. So, get out of your head, get into your heart, And let's dive right in, shall we? So the best place to start with this story is why. Why, 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 why did I become a coach? Now remember earlier I said I was going to be really honest about everything, about how I got into coaching and why, and I'm going to. And I got to warn you, it is not a very exciting story. It's not sexy at all. So here we go. And we're going to travel back to 2010. So I was living in London and the company that I was working for was sold to a larger UK-based company. So I was working for a Canadian company. We were headquartered in Vancouver at the time and I moved from Vancouver to go live in the UK, which was really exciting and I'm so glad. It's one of those, you know, top five best decisions of my life. I learned so much. I grew so much. I traveled so much while I lived in the UK. So this company that I worked for was acquired and the company that acquired us was very big and very different and their culture was different. They had a lot of rules. They had a lot of structure. So I went personally from having working for the most amazing boss in the world. He had us work in an environment that was open. We could travel. We could work from home. We could work from the office. We could work whatever hours we wanted. And most of us supported a uh, sales team around around the globe. So we had to be flexible. I mean, quite often I would work a couple hours and then take some time off to go to the gym. Then I'd work another shift. And we just had this opportunity to do whatever we wanted for a schedule that would allow us to do our job the best. And, you know, I just want to shout out to to Nigel for giving us that environment and that culture because it was truly amazing. And you know what? When you give people that freedom, it really encourages them to work harder because you treat them like adults, right? So here we had this perfectly, completely flexible workplace and hours, and then we went to a company that had fully structured office hours. You had to not only be in the office, you had to be in the office by 9 a.m. so that, you know, when the boss walked around, you were sitting at your desk. So I knew that that new workplace would not be a fit for me. And quite honestly, after three years in London, I felt like it was kind of enough. You know, it was in those one of those moments where 
I knew if I didn't force myself to pick up and leave, I would probably just blink my eyes and then wake up and be 60 and still living there. So I knew I had to force myself to make a move because it was just too good of a life that I had. And, you know, it's kind of getting that three-year itch. It was time for a change. So what I did is I started the process of looking for a new job. And I'd already decided that I wanted to move to Toronto. I'd never actually lived in Toronto. And I wasn't going to go back to Vancouver, which would have been too sleepy after being in London. So what I did is, you know, the good old-fashioned start in the job search, right? So I looked through the job boards. I reached out to a few executive recruiters. And as I went through, I was kind of at that point in my career where you know, you get to a senior point and there's fewer and fewer opportunities, especially for women. And, uh, I was just not really excited with anything that was presented to me. And it just kind of felt like everything I looked at, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I really don't want to do that. It just felt like nothing was exciting to me. Now, at the same time, I had one of my friends, Christine, who had just gone through her coach training program, and I had watched her evolve. I watched her go through the program, how much she had changed. I'd attended some of her events, and you know what? It seemed like it was a really cool career. And then another factor that was really important is at work, we had a particular... I can never name names, but we had a particular HR issue with one of our senior employees. And so we brought in a coach to do a pretty big, you know, I'd say pretty extensive engagement to deal with uh, a big HR issue in the organization. So I got to see this coach in action and she was fantastic. And I got to ask her lots of questions. And I remember sitting down with her and being completely fascinated by the work that she did. You know, it was her job to actually come in and help people in the workplace get along better and to really hold up that mirror to someone, you know, on the team who was having some problems. And I remember thinking, what a great job. She's like a corporate superhero. So at the end of the interview that I had with her, I asked her, I said, you know, how did you get into coaching? And guess what? She told me that she had actually had a career in marketing before she got into coaching. And I remember thinking, hmm, isn't that interesting? So in big bold letters, the word change was written on the wall. It was time for something different. I was bored. I was moving to a new city and I wanted to do something different. I felt like I needed something that really challenged me and something that was completely different. So I decided to do a little research into this whole coaching thing. So I talked to three different people who were coaches, found out how they got into it, found out where they trained, what they did, what their business looked like. And as part of my research, I found out about ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, a regulatory body that really offers certification to coaches who have trained through one of their programs. Now, this was new information. I didn't realize that coaching was a profession that had a regulatory body. So that was cool. And also in my research, I found out about all the different coaching schools that uh, we're offering programs. Now, I opted to train with CTI, the Coaches Training Institute. And if you want to find them online, you can find them at coactive.com. 
And there were a few reasons why I picked this program. First, they are quite honestly the largest and the oldest coach training program in the world. They have programs running in more than 20 countries. Now, this was a big deal for me because I wanted to be part of an organization that operated in many different parts of the world because I knew that my business, you know, I knew I loved to travel and that wasn't going to go away anytime soon. So I wanted to be able to have people in different cities around the world that I could plug into or if I was doing a program in another city, I could easily get coaches on the ground there who had gone through the same program and training that I had and it would just help with networking. And uh, so that's what I opted to do. So I opted to train through CTI. And uh, they were also one of the first schools to receive accreditation through ICF. So one thing I'll say to you, obviously, I'm biased because I went through CTI, but hands down, it is the best program, the best coaching program in the world, on the planet, of all time. Because... They really, not only are they massive and they have people all around the world you can tap into, you're instantly part of more than 55,000 coaches around the world who have gone through this program, who use the similar methodology and language and tools. And it's just, it's so incredibly powerful. But they also have a very interactive style of teaching. So it's interactive learning. You aren't just sitting in a classroom taking notes. You are experiencing the content and learning how to coach as you go through the process. So whenever anybody asks me about my training, obviously, I tell them that's where I trained. That's where you should train. Everyone who I know has gone through a training program has, and they have loved it. So you are instantly part of our CTI family around the world. And uh, I don't know anybody who's ever been disappointed by it. And there's also a lot of personal growth that goes through the program as well. Because as you're training, you're using real-time situations and scenarios in your life. And so you're going to go through so much growth as part of the training process. So I think that's really cool. So that was a big decision. I also um, opted to do the training in New York instead of London or Toronto. And I did that because I wanted to take all five courses with the same cohort, with the same group of people. And although they do offer it here in Toronto, the dates weren't jiving with me. So for some reason, to take all five courses back to back, I had to do it to uh, in New York. So that's what I did. So I made some amazing friends and built out my network even more in New York while I did that. And uh, you know what? It made me confident straight away. I remember coming back from that first course and coaching someone that I sat next to on the plane. It was really, really cool to just own it, to just tell him, you know, yeah, I'm a coach. I'm an executive coach. This is what I do. And I said, you know, you want to walk through some things, some tools together. And he said, yeah. And so there I was just really, really confident. And I just knew that this is exactly what I wanted. So I did my coach training. Then I off, opted to do a certification right after that, which is optional. But I thought if I'm going to do corporate work, I'm going to want to do a certification just in case I need it. I didn't know whether I did or not, but I thought if I do need it, might as well do it now. It also made me a stronger coach. Now, in addition to this coaching, I did a couple other programs that I want to tell you about. 
And I knew that I wanted to have all this training under my belt before I dove into starting the business because the more tools you have, the more confident you are, the more experience that you have, and the more you can offer your potential clients. So the other training that I did was called systems coaching. And I knew when I heard about this from a couple instructors that this is exactly what I wanted to do. It's a style of coaching that prepares you to work with teams and different departments. So I took that training through a company called CRR Global. It's the Center for Right Relationship. And the program is called ORSC, which stands for the Organizational and Relationship Systems Coaching. I also did a couple other trainings. I took Leadership Circle, which is a training program that allows you to administer 360-degree reviews. So if somebody needs, you know, some feedback on their leadership or their management, this allows them to get feedback from their peers, from their boss, from their employees, and then it prepares this fancy report, giving them actual output about their core competencies, where they are excelling, where they are failing. And that's a fantastic tool. I did one more thing, which was personality dimensions, which is a personality profiling tool. Tells you what your personality traits are, what your strengths are, what your challenges are. And that is pretty much, yeah, I think that's it I did uh, on the Western side of my training. And on the Eastern side, the more spiritual side, I did a number of different things. So I had done my very first yoga teacher training when I was in the UK while I was still working full time. I did my second yoga teacher training in LA. That was my Bikram hot yoga training. And then I also did a couple other things. I went to India and I trained in Ayurveda. So I actually lived there for a few months and trained at a teaching hospital. I also did train in Reiki and reflexology while I was there. And then I, oh, the last thing I did before I dove in to start my business was I went on a massive, intensive meditation retreat. Now, that was my Vipassana retreat, and I know we've talked about this before, and I'm going to do a full episode in the future. I'm not sure when, but I'm going to break down what that is exactly, why it's so important to me, and why it's different than any other style of meditation. All, in, all meditation is important, but this is particularly really important to me. And I've had a lot of people ask me recently, why do you keep going back every year? So I want to give you an overview of that and I'll do that in a future episode. So basically, as you can see, I did a lot of training. I really, really invested a lot. I knew that this business was something that I was very serious about and I wanted to be ready when I dove in, right? And I had a bunch of things on my bucket list that I wanted to do, but I couldn't, you know, when I was working full time. So this time off in between from finishing my job before starting the business, I got the chance to dive in and do everything to get me prepared. So you know you're on the right track with something when you get winks from the universe, right? You know that I'm a big believer in winks from the universe, and I'm pretty sure that you likely are too. So after I decided I would quit my job and become a coach, I had so many people say to me, oh, you'd be so amazing at that. And I was really encouraged because, you know, I felt like I was on the right path. And if people could see me as a coach, then that's a good thing, right? You don't want to tell people about your new career idea and then have them go, 
Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's never, you know, a ringing endorsement, is it? So I thought that was a good sign that a lot of people were like, oh yeah, you would be amazing at that. I've never, you know, so many entrepreneurs talk about how they have naysayers and people that don't believe in their dream. I've never had one person not believe in my dream. Never. And maybe they didn't behind my back. Maybe they were actually worried about me, but didn't let me know. That that could have happened, but not one person has ever challenged me along the way, which I think is a pretty positive sign. It's a sign that I have amazing people in my life, right? So after I decided to really uh, dive in, there was lots of signs along the way, but there were also a few things that happened before that that were kind of like breadcrumbs along the way. And I only realized this kind of looking back and they were set up to guide me to start my own business before I even had the idea to do that. So two magical things happened. One, while I was in my yoga teacher training program that I took in the UK, I was still working full time, had no idea that I was going to start a business. I had never wanted to start a business. A lot of people say, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I never had the idea of being an entrepreneur, to be honest, never. And so while I was doing my teacher training program, we had to do a practicum. So it was kind of like um, doing a kind of like a thesis. So you had to study it throughout the whole program. And then at the end, you did a big presentation to talk about how yoga applied to this particular area of your life. So I chose to do my practicum, obviously, on corporate yoga because this was fusing two things that I loved, my business and also my yoga. And so what I did for my practicum when I presented it was I talked about how we apply yoga in the corporate world, but I didn't just talk about the physical asana. I talked about how we use the eight limbs of yoga and how we apply yoga philosophy to get people to be nicer to each other in the office, to teach them nonviolence, to teach them never to have violent thoughts about themselves or about their coworkers, to teach them non-stealing, to teach them how to have good relationships with themselves and also good relationships with others. Now, when I presented this, everyone absolutely loved it. Not only my students, but also my teacher. She said that she had never seen anyone apply yoga in this way to the corporate world which was huge for me, right? Because this just seemed like a natural, logical thing. But the reality was that this was a sign that people were craving this perspective in a very big way. Now, the second magical thing that happened to me during this program was that I got a download with the name of the business. So here I was at home in my flat in London doing homework one weekend. And all of a sudden, I got this flash Probably while I was trying to focus on something else, I got a distraction or a flash of three business ideas that were really, really cool. Wasn't trying to think of them. They just came to me one day. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. And I wrote them down in my journal. And then fast forward probably about a year, I would say, when I actually did decide I wanted to run a business, I thought, oh, I remember that time I came up with those names. I wonder if they were any good. For the life of me, I couldn't remember what they were, but I remember that I came up with them and I wrote them in my journal. So I went back, I scrolled through and I found them and boom, there it was on that screen. One of the three was the corporate yogi. Now, 
this is a great tip. I want to really, really, really want to point this out. Sometimes when we get divine guidance like this, we have no idea why. We don't know what it's about. However, it's really, really important that you write it down if it feels important. You don't need to know what it's for. You don't need to know why it's important. But if it feels important, just write it down because you will always come back to it later. And trust me, you will not remember what it is in that moment. So those were two huge winks from the universe that helped me along the way. They helped me to know that I was heading in the right direction. And I want to check in with you. What winks from the universe have you received along the way? How were they important to you? What were they trying to tell you? Okay, so now I want to share a bit of advice and tough love about coaching. Now, because I did my research into coaching before I dove in and I talked to a few people who were in the biz, who loved it, who said it was amazing and gave me the green light. But because I love you (laughs) so much, I really want to tell you the truth that no one ever told me about coaching. It's a little bit of, okay, it's not a little bit. It's a lot of tough love. The truth is that a lot of coaches fail because they hate selling. It's sad, but it's true. A lot of people don't realize that the big part of coaching that you're going to have to do, especially in the beginning, is sell. And if you don't love selling, then you're going to fail as a coach. I, I know that sounds harsh, but it's absolutely true. People don't think about the fact that they're setting up a business. They are so focused on becoming a coach. And it's the same with you know, nutritionists and all service providers and massage therapists, people are so focused on the what they're going to deliver as a service. They don't think so much about the entrepreneur side of things that they are going to have to find clients and set up a business and build a practice. And that can be really hard. You have to be in a place where you love it. So of my training cohort, there's about 30 of us. I'd say maybe only five of us are actually coaching full time which is, you know, a mashup of a a bunch of different people. And there's quite a few reasons for that. Some people didn't want to set up a coaching practice. That's fine. Some people had a business, you know, or had a career where they were already in HR. They just wanted to get some new skills. Cool. That's fine. But the point I want to make is that a lot of people really, really struggle when they become a coach because they don't realize that they are having to sell to find clients. You're not going to be able to go to a networking event, tell people you're a coach, and then have all these people tackle you saying, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. It's just not going to happen like that. And I know that's really harsh, but I want to make sure that I tell you that truth because nobody ever told me and I had to figure it out along the way. All right, so I want to start to wrap up this episode, but before I do, I want to share one more story. In my first year of business, I went to a networking event, and I got to hear a panel of really successful entrepreneurs and investors, and I will never forget this event. It was held at the old ING Network Orange space in Toronto, where it was the very first co-working space that I worked out of over at Young & Shooter, and the event was called Are You an Entrepreneur? or a wantrepreneur. And there was one woman on the panel, well, the only woman, there was 
a woman on the panel. She was from Vancouver, and I remember I really, really identified with her. And there was a point in the discussion where she was really raw, really real, and really honest. And she said, please don't become an entrepreneur. She basically begged us to not become entrepreneurs. She wanted us to rethink our choice because she said becoming an entrepreneur, it is all-consuming. And she was right. It really is. And I remember in that exact moment listening to her, I sat in that audience, and I remember that hearing those words come out of her mouth just made me want to do it even more. So I'm not going to beg you to not be an entrepreneur. Some of you I know are already in the game. You get it. But here's the point. You've got to want it bad. You've got to want it really, really, really bad. So I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. Because I know if you want it really bad, you are going to do it anyways. And you're going to find a way to make it happen. I just want you to know exactly how hard it is. Because I didn't know until I was well into it and it was too late. So if you want it, it is yours for the taking. But you are going to have to work hard. Really, really, really hard. And along the way, you're going to have to face a lot of self-doubt, a lot of insecurity, a lot of challenges, a lot of growth, a lot of mistakes, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and a lot of ups again. And of course, you are going to face our good friend, fear. But I want you to remember, the good news is that whenever fear shows up, whenever it rears its ugly head, you can remember that fear is just your greatness in disguise.